Velkomin til the Icelandic Roots podcast, where we explore the rich, vibrant culture of Iceland, from its stunning natural wonders to its unique traditions and customs. We dive into the heart of what makes Iceland, Western Iceland, and New Iceland so special. Join us on a journey through the land of fire and ice, where the northern lights dance in the sky and glaciers meet the sea. We'll meet local experts and hear their stories and discover the music, art, and literature that defines Icelandic culture. So sit back, relax, and let's immerse ourselves in the beauty of Iceland. Hello, everybody. Owen is coming at you here from the New Iceland Heritage Museum with Marilyn, who has very graciously offered to give away her Sunday morning to us to talk about the exciting Icelandic festival coming up one week from now. We've got Cass dialed in as well, and uh, we're very excited to have you, Marilyn. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Um, it's always exciting to get to talk about the festival. <laughs> Absolutely, and it seems to be very much so ramping out, finally truly coming out of COVID this year. It should be a very exciting festival with uh, lots of events and lots of different things going on. Mm -hmm. um, I'll revert to Cass, the newcomer and outsider, as we would so to speak. Uh, Cass, as somebody who knows maybe slightly a little bit less about the festival, what are uh, some questions you might have about uh, everything that goes on up here? Yeah, thanks, Owen. My question is, what are you trying to, what's the vision or the mission of the festival? So really the mission of the festival is to celebrate and encourage people to learn about the Icelandic culture and heritage, to celebrate our, our ancestors, and to really offer a family-friendly uh, event at little to no cost. Um, those are, I guess, our primary goals. Very cool. And... Um the theme this year I saw was continue your saga. How did you choose that theme? What does that mean to you? That one came really easily to me. Um, Icelanders are famous for, for storytelling and for sharing their sagas for generations. We share stories and things verbally through books and literature. Um, so for me, it was really about let's, let's continue that. Let's make sure that, that the youth, um, that are just sort of coming to learn about their cultures are are encouraged to learn their sagas to embrace them and then to start and write their own and to have their own stories and share them you know i've i've never missed an icelandic festival in my life um which is you know lots of years now <laughs> and neither of my children i mean um it's just really important that we continue and we embrace and make sure that the stories get told going forward Absolutely. I think it's a very good way that you uh, kind of spun that. And as a local Gimli myself, I've never missed an Icelandic right. festival as well. There's always some structure and a lot of storiness behind really the entire weekend in general, which is mm -hmm. uh, really... Most, most of our activities are based on, you know, elements of our culture. And um, I think it's just really important. Um, I'm actually going to the Icelandic camp, annual Icelandic camp starts next week. And... Um, Brad, the camp manager, has asked me to come and speak to the kids there about their sagas and how they can continue. So I was, I'm really excited about that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I went to Icelandic camp oh, as a did. kid. Yeah, I did too. Many I times. went to the first one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah it, uh, there's finally having the Icelandic camp now. I think there's been two or three yeah, years where it was few, off. So. Of course, with COVID, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah, I think I have a couple cousins who are going to that one there yeah. as well. So I'm yeah. sure you'll run into them there. But, uh, 
I guess we'll give a bit of a filler in for Icelandic camp as well for people listening on the uh, on the podcast there. So the week before the Icelandic festival here in Gimli, there is a camp just a couple miles north of town where there's a lot of beautiful little sleep-in cabins and kitchens and it's right on the beach. And so Brad is helping organize it nowadays, which is basically just Icelandic camp. Um, and the synopsis of it is really just to learn all about your roots and Icelandic heritage. And you have language lessons every day. There's sports. You uh, walk into town one day and do some exploring. And I know for myself, I ended up going to Iceland with Carter Thorstensen, who I originally met at Icelandic camp when we were just young little lads running around. Cool. So a lot of good memories. And I'm very glad to hear that that's starting to pick back up again. Mm-hmm. So back to the festival, I guess it's um, the other thing people will probably want to know is that it's a four-day event. It starts um, Friday, you know, four o'clock-ish with some events down by the harbor and continues all day, full day Saturday, full day Sunday, and pretty much a full day on Monday. Generally, things are wrapping up around five o'clock, four o'clock on Monday. Absolutely. And Monday is usually really where they have a lot of the historic Icelandic events, I find. Yeah. So uh, Monday actually is the traditional program where we um, have greetings from all kinds of dignitaries, including our special guests who are coming from Iceland. We always entertain a few dignitaries from Iceland. And it's it's a real nod to to our ancestors and a celebration again of of what what the connection between New Iceland and Iceland really means. Um, that's become such a really popular topic and connection um, that it's really exciting because, you know, I was actually just traveled to Iceland in June to be there for Icelandic Independence Day. Oh, incredible. And met some some really, really interesting people. And they were so curious about the Western Icelanders. Yep. And, and they knew some of my story. They knew where my mom's family wow. came from in Akureyri. So that was uh, that was just because they've got the, the genealogy museum at Hofsos, right? Yeah, so they can, they can connect they can it all, pl- right? Plug someone's name in and learn all about that. So uh, so we try to do a little bit of the same and make sure that they feel connected now to, to Western Iceland. Yeah, and I think there's something very special about that bond because not many countries where the immigrants might have come from have such a close connection like that. But I think Iceland and Western Icelanders really... It's very neat that they actually get to learn about what they what the Icelanders did back in the day when they came out here, mm-hmm. and they know of Gimli, and it's not a foreign concept of somebody who might have just left. There's always a connection and a bond between the well, two. Well, and you know they can still come and hear their hear the language that they're used to. Yes, being exactly. spoken in homes and in public. Um, apparently, it's it's a little bit changed. It's uh, of course as it would over generations. Yep. Um, but. You know, I, I, it's, very, it's a very comfortable place for, for them to come and visit, for sure. And they often have family. I mean, I am only a third-generation Canadian. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's direct roots and, and lots of close relatives. So, Absolutely, absolutely. I, um, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting hearing them talk about the language being slightly different with the New Iceland Icelandic and the Icelandic right. Icelandic, right? There's always the occasional I think my the one I remember my amma always talking about was a lot of the Icelanders when they were here uh there was no no such thing as a car back in the day so they just kind of went car instead of bit or something like that right right. so then the Icelanders would come over and they're like what do you mean car like that that, I don't think that's right and then they invented the word for car and then went with that which is interesting um how about uh, some new highlights at the festival this year so um one of our new highlights is uh, actually Lucky Stone Acres is working um, 
they've they've opened a sheep farm and um we've we've with together with them we're partnering on having some farm tours um and people can go and and see the actual Icelandic sheep so that's that's going to be a really exciting new event um the fashion show is always one of our big hits it's it's um this year's going to be really exciting we're having a, a group from Iceland actually come over um they're called Anriki and they're going to participate in the fashion show and them the, as a group they um work at preservation of the the Icelandic attire the traditional Icelandic attire mm-hmm. and i believe they rec- represent a, a I want to say 600, but I could be wrong. Years of of fashion and of the changes to to the dress. Wow! So neat. they're going to be a really big part of the uh, fashion show this year. So that's that's going to be a great event. Um, my, one of my favorites is always the parade. Again, it's been around for a very long time, but it's um, it's it, it will be the first time I'm I I actually ride in the parade, and I'm told that I'll be very very shocked at how many people actually line the streets of Gimli. Someone told me once it's around 50,000 people. Wow, that is a crazy number for sure, wow. but yeah, I uh, have many memories myself of being right there standing on the road making right? sure you get your suckers and getting the candies. Oh, that's awesome. So Cass, do you think we can uh, get you down here to shear one of those sheep on one of these weekends <laughs> or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm from North Dakota, I can do anything. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so I grew up, yeah, in North Dakota, close to Mountain, where they have August the Deuce, and we have, you know, our Icelandic festival celebration, and around that time is when a lot of, like, my family would come home, we would have a lot of family reunions around that time. I'm assuming it's similar, um, up there in Gimli. Is it a big family celebration? Is a lot of family come back to Gimli and Winnipeg area to celebrate? It it absolutely is. It's not uncommon to drive around in Gimli and surrounding areas and see a number of tents or campers or extra vehicles. You can tell they're, you know, um, they're here for the weekend and people make a point to get together. And, you know, we used to have food always ready and, you know, lots of baking. And of course the traditional panukukur and vinatarta um, were always there. And mm-hmm. what we call party sandwiches, the ribbon sandwiches, yep, those were always ribbons. in the fridge too, because that was just, you had to be ready for company because yep. you were going to have company. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like you always can look around and the houses are always just at capacity everywhere yeah, you look. Absolutely. And, and, you know, some, some family reunions even uh, formalize things and march in the parade. Um, they this year actually we offered a pre-order opportunity to to have Eastlanding a daughter and family your family name reunions t-shirts made up so I, I'm really hoping to see some in the parade this year oh that would be very cool yeah, what a good yeah. idea oh and what's your favorite memory growing up around the festival I would probably say something centered around the entire family approach as well um, our fa- my family specifically has always been very very centered and we've been at the festival pretty much every uh every day of the weekend starting from friday right through but um i know for my amma back in the day and my uncles and her brothers and sisters the big day was always of course the traditional program on monday and every single time immediately after the parade we had to book it right to the stage and find one picnic table underneath the tree and we'd set up our cooler and bring all the lawn chairs around and then I think there's probably 30 or 40 good Beardsons and one uh, spot underneath the tree usually every single summer. So there's a lot of good memories behind that for me. And probably the same tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always the same tree. Yep. Exactly. 
It was right so my Emma could sit in the backside and see clear across all the chairs and see the top of the stage. It was right. perfect. Yeah. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but is Icelandic Ruth involved in some genealogy while they're there? Uh, they, they are putting on, I believe, a film production this year uh, in conjunction with the museum. Yeah, they're doing the film production, and then they also have the genealogy... Uh, I'm going to say the name of it wrong, but it's a genealogy database kind of introduction to how their genealogy database works. Uh, it's actually here in the museum as well, and it's got a, they've got a little workshop, and you can log into the computer, and they'll make up a login for you, and basically you can search any last name you want, and if you want to see which farm in Iceland you came from or when that family might have come across, they, uh, they're going to have a full workshop to help you kind of try and figure that out and get the, uh, the application going, which should be very cool. And uh, Cass, when uh, when is the dues for you guys? Is that that's this Thursday? Is that when yours starts? Yeah, so normally it's always the weekend before. Um, so ideally, we could do both. But yeah, for some reason, they landed on the same weekend this year. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. I, I I think they sometimes do because I know our Icelandic delegation has often traveled uh, traveled there on the Saturday. Is that when the formal program oh. part? Gotcha. Sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I know for myself, another fun one uh, that is, I'm not sure when exactly it started, but I volunteered to do it with uh, Carter this year is the oh. ding-a-dunk. <laughs> so we are uh, to describe for podcasters and uh, what that whole situation is there, Cass. Uh, basically, we go into the harbor here in town and we sit on these two giant posts that are poking out and have to hit each other off and whoever falls in the water first loses. <laughs> well, I think, well, for people who don't know, we're having a little bit of a snorry reunion this weekend. So I think oh. you'll have a, a few snorries cheering you on on that. Absolutely. Well, they'll either be cheering for me or Carter, I guess. <laughs> Yes, but uh, a lot of the folks from that uh, 2022 Snorri trip are coming right into Winnipeg this week on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and uh, coming, coming uh, up to Gimli for the festival for the weekend. And oh, uh, I know our one other friend, Dagrun, she just flew in uh, down to your area there, Cass, last week. And then I think they're driving up on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's stopping by the dudes first and then they're heading up to, up to Gimli. Perfect. That uh, that should be a very good time. I know I met uh, my one friend Gumme for lunch this week on Monday, and I got him to bring me the collab drinks in Iceland that they have. They're oh, the yeah. fancy sparkling lemon waters. They're just yeah. so yummy. I, I was like, Gumme, please bring me some back when you come back. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, we could uh, pivot and talk about some of the sponsors as well uh, for the festival if you wanted to yeah, uh, so, jump into so that. So as I mentioned earlier, the goal of the festival is to keep it as free or low cost as possible. There are a few events that we do charge admission, but we can only um, continue to do that over the years with, with the help of our generous sponsors. Um, this year we have Mackenzie Investments as a platinum sponsor. We have five um, gold sponsors, that Red River Co-op, uh, inspired by Iceland, Honest Agencies, the Dairy Farmers of Manitoba, Diageo, and Plainell. Um, as well as the Lakeview Resorts, uh, a huge sponsor for us. And we have many others as well at different levels, but we're always very, very grateful to them because that's what allows us to make sure that, you know, families can come and, and be able to participate and, and have lots of fun. 
Absolutely. And I think it's a very good sign as well that it shows how many businesses in the community truly do understand just how important this entire festival and the weekend is, right? They really do. And, you know, as a kid growing up in Gimli, I I wasn't always a a fan of all the the visitors because, you know, I had to work and I had to probably work (laughs) overtime and all of those things. But, you know, you you just come to to accept it. You know, uh, I've watched the parade through restaurant windows when I was supposed to be working and... (laughs) Sometimes opened uh, the business a little bit later when after the parade had gone past instead of right at the same time and things like that. But it's, it's you know, it's um, it's important that we keep it as little low cost as possible for, for so that all all kinds of families can can participate. So we are always grateful to our generous sponsors, our patrons and our donors. Of course, awesome, awesome, and uh, I know our uh, one of our other snowies from last year. He's very excited for it. It's his first time doing it. the uh, The always famous Viking Village is back in full motion this yes, year it too. Is. I uh, saw a couple very good intro videos of uh, them getting dressed up yes. on Instagram. Weren't those cool? They were very cool. I love those. Absolutely. Yeah. They had the big guy, big guy with the beard give the big scream at the end. I was like, oh yeah, he looks like he's ready for battle. That's for sure. He is. <laughs> And the other thing that's exciting this year is um, the 10-mile road race is celebrating its 55th year uh, running, and I believe that makes it one of the oldest races in um, in Western Canada. Wow. Yeah, it's older even than the Manitoba Marathon. Wow, that's very neat. Yeah, so we're really excited about that, and to be able to celebrate, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, there's been generations of people who've taken on those responsibilities and and that's another key issue for us, obviously, is uh, our volunteer base. We can't thank our volunteers enough, but we're always looking for more volunteers. Um, it's it's hard to run events without without a good volunteer course. So um, if people find themselves even with you know an hour or two to spare, we're we're happy to to help you, and we'll find you a place to be. <laughs> awesome, absolutely. And if they are, if anybody is looking to volunteer, where uh, where should they contact or where should they go? Uh, you know, you can log on to our website, um, IcelandicFestival dot com, and um, and sign up. I think it, there's a volunteer now, and it's um, it's right there. Perfect, a quick, easy form. I think. It's, yeah. Absolutely, they're. Uh, I think I actually do remember it there now with last time I was on the website, so that's uh, perfect. Yeah, and you can choose which events, and you if it's two-hour time slots, you can just pop your name in there, and someone will get back to you with some details and get you to the right place. Perfect, perfect. And then uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the Alternative Folk Festival that uh, they've been advertising as well that's going on? Yeah, so the Folk Festival actually is another long, long-running event. It takes place uh, on the Gimli Park stage on Sunday evening. Um the I, I I apologize I don't know the lineup in completely yet um, but it, it it's it's about three or four hours of music um, a few different entertainers and it's it's always a great show it's put on very professionally mm-hmm. and um, folks love it you know bring your lawn chair um, or bring a towel bring bring a blanket and have a have a seat in the park and Absolutely. enjoy the evening yeah I think that's a perfect uh, perfect way to do up a Sunday evening it's mm-hmm. uh, definitely the way to go uh Cass how about you what do you uh, what other questions do you maybe have about that as uh, again somebody on the outside looking in a little bit I guess I'm mostly just wondering if there was one thing you want everybody to uh see or attend what would it be like what is the what is your favorite thing what is the top top billing well I'm a little biased I'm gonna say it's Emma's kitchen <laughs> 
Um, it's a place where we sell Icelandic foods, uh, vina tarta, panna kukka, rula pilsa, cleaner. Uh, we always have a really good cup of coffee. And I say I'm a little biased because I've, I've helped out with Amma's Kitchen in a variety of ways, probably since I was around four years old. My mom belonged to the Minerva Ladies Aid who used to host the kitchen and we were allowed to help clean plates and things like that. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, and I'm actually the, uh, current, the, the current event manager of, of that venue. And it's just a really good opportunity for folks to, to taste um, some of our, our traditions. Uh, food and tradition go very strongly hand in hand. And while you're there, you can walk through the cultural pavilion and see a bunch of exhibits. Um, some of whom are selling and some of who are just demonstrating and, and there's significant pieces of our of the culture are represented there so it's it's a great spot oh that sounds amazing thank you for sharing that absolutely uh, and then I guess the one other one I was going to highlight too that I am excited for I, I have a picture of me I think at four or five years old sitting on his bicep actually the uh, Magnus uh, Fair Magnuson Strongman competition on uh, Saturday Yes, they're coming. Uh, it's a return event from last year. It was a brand new event, so we're excited about that. And um, many uh, uh, Canadian strongman athletes are going to compete in uh, six events, I believe, but don't ask me what they are. I don't know, but Brad would know. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I know one of them at least are raising the log up over their head. Yes, and they're also pulling the Viking ship again. Oh, We bring awesome. the, the same Viking ship that goes in the parade. We'll come and they they do a pull with that. I and I watched that last year. It's absolutely amazing. It's to watch. crazy. I can't it, believe they can move those things. It's it's a feat beyond anything I've ever seen, which is why I think it's so exciting to people. We had a really great crowd last year mm -hmm. and we're looking forward to a really good crowd again this year. Absolutely. I know uh, they always say that Icelanders proportionately have way too many strong men in all of those competitions <laughs> across the world. There's just something in the genes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, the other one that's always really popular is the Vingolf Beer Garden. Mm -hmm. uh, people can stop in, have a drink, uh, listen to some music uh, on the stage right, right near. So it's, it's a great event and it's, um, they're open from Friday around four o'clock, I believe they open, and until Sunday. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Owen in the Strongman competition next year, I think. Ah. I think <laughs> Those big Icelanders might make me look like a little shrimp, I think, if I join that one. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marilyn. I hope the festival goes off um, just great this weekend. Um, I'm excited to hear all about it. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me. Absolutely awesome. Thanks for uh, giving us the call in there, Cass, and... Uh... Marilyn, yeah, thank you once again. This has been very good. Good, excellent, thanks. Not working. Mm -hmm. And I would just say before we do wrap up, thank you all for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks to you guys as well. Talk finish. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Icelandic Roots Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you liked what you hear today, be sure to tune in for our next episode where we'll continue to delve into the heart of Icelandic culture. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for updates and new episodes. Talk to you for listening. Gamana, hit the thing.